Hey, Laura. Yeah? You want to talk about Leo? Yes. Let's talk about Leo. That was great. Wow. That was intense. <laughs> um, welcome, gentle listeners, to Let's Talk About Leo. This is the podcast where we discuss the body of work of Leonardo DiCaprio, one film at a time. I am Meredith, and with me, as always, is my dear sister and fellow Leo lover, Laura. Hello, Laura. Ciao, Bella. That was disgusting. Do it again. Ciao, Bella. I meant like do it again in a different way. Hola, como esta? Bien, gracias. Y tú? <laughs> Much better. I don't know what it is about Americans saying ciao, Bella. That's just like, oh. That's kind of gross. It's super gross. It reminds me of the, what it makes me think of Beethoven. Yeah, David Duchovny the and yeah. the mom from. Pa- Patricia uh, Heaton. Yeah, Patricia Heaton. And they all they do mm-hmm. is talk about their beamers. Mm-hmm. And I, didn't, I didn't know what a beamer was. <laughs> I didn't either. I thought it was something dirty. And so I would always yeah. like leave the room when that was on. I'd be like, oh, I don't need to hear this. <laughs> it, does, it does sound like something dirty, though. And then he, and then he gave her a beamer. <laughs> <laughs> I could put it in my beamer. You know what it, I thought it was? I thought it was a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was making... Oh, I had sparkling water in my mouth when you said that. And it kind of went up my nose and now it hurts. I'm so sorry. I thought the dad in Beethoven was making little like things to put in your butt. That were shaped like leather jackets. <laughs> okay, let's just start the program. <laughs> okay, uh, today we are listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I need to take some water. Really, I need to sort need to myself. Take some water. <laughs> Am I high? What just happened? I I have no way of knowing if you're high, but I mean, I, I, don't I, think I so. didn't do anything that would put me in that state. Mm. Okay, okay. Uh, today we are discussing Leo's most shirtless performance in the beach. But before we do that, let's check in. How are you, Laura? I'm doing quite well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I started doing this thing to add a little more joy and excitement to my life. And it might seem cheesy, but it's really fun. So what I do is I have this big glass bowl. It's kind of like a big fish bowl in my um, house. And I cut up a bunch of little papers into little squares. And on the squares, I wrote down activities that make me happy or like things that I want to buy. Or like some of them are big things, some of them are little. And each day I pull one of the papers out and then I do the thing on the paper. That's really nice. So yesterday, the thing that I pulled was I got to go and buy this really delicious uh, salted brown sugar ice cream that I love. Yum. Um, Sheep's milk ice cream. Yeah. That I always deny myself whenever I see it in the store because it's like six bucks for a tiny little thing. And also, I don't really need the sugar. But that was the thing yesterday. And so I did it and it was an amazing little treat. Oh. The day before that, it was just like spending half an hour cuddling with my dog. Which one? Emma. 
Oh yeah, Ollie doesn't cu- cuddle. No, Ollie. Well, he does, just not the same in as his Emma. own way. No, he doesn't cuddle for half an hour. Kind of like my cat. <laughs> Yeah, and another thing on there is like to finish binge watching the Santa Clarita Diet. Ooh, that's so good. So, yeah, and there's some that are really big in there, like buying a piece of furniture that I really need, um, or eventually planning a trip somewhere, stuff like that. So, it's fun and something to look forward to every day. And the paper that I use is gold glitter and teal glitter, so it looks really pretty too. It just gives me like kind of permission to do some things that I never make enough time for or buy. Or, like, deny myself. <laughs> and, yeah. So, it's been really improving my life lately. That is a really nice thing to do. Thank you. Maybe I should do that. But I don't really have, like, I don't know. I don't ever spend money. So, like, I'm, like, the cheapest person alive. I don't need to tell you that. But, like, maybe I should do that with, like, stuff that I want to buy and yeah. need to buy. Because even I, I, like, won't buy things that I need because I'm, like, ooh, money. I don't want to spend it on anything that doesn't bring me great joy. Right. But then you pull this out and you're just like, well, the rule is that nothing goes in the bowl can be something you don't want to do. Like all of it has to bring you joy because the point of the the joy bowl (laughs) is that you're excited. I I mean, you're excited. No, I phrased that. I phrased that wrong because I only really spend money on necessities. Like I own like two pairs of pants because I'm like, I don't need any others. Right. So you put in there buy a new pair of pants and then you pull it out and you're like, oh, today I get to buy a new pair of pants. I have permission. Yeah. Remember when mom came to my house for Thanksgiving and she looked in my closet and was like, oh, so you're doing laundry? And I was like, no, <laughs> I just did it. That's all of my clothes. And then she got so concerned that I didn't have enough clothes to get through the winter that she only told people to buy me clothes for Christmas. <laughs> oh, and I don't think I did either. You did. You bought me my Rosie the Riveter nasty woman shirt. Oh, I did. Yes. Which I don't currently know where that resides. I need to find that. That's like my favorite shirt. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm glad it, that it's it wasn't warm shirt. enough to wear it for a while. Oh, good. Unless I went to Florida, and I don't really think they would appreciate it. <laughs> so that's that. Um, yeah. Um, how are you? Um, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm trying to think what's been going on in my world. Things have calmed down a little bit. Not quite so much stress. Mm-hmm. I went. I went to. This is actually very um great because I I've been to the beach three times this week. Um, because the of weather the beach? has like no, just because I like the beach. But then um our, our, those of you who follow us on Instagram will note that I made a very funny Instagram where I took a picture of Brighton Beach and wrote, <laughs> "I thought we were doing the beach today." <laughs> I like how you call your own Instagram funny. I'm hilarious, and I'm I made really a very funny about that one. I made a very funny Instagram. Let me tell you how funny I am. <laughs> um, you know that it runs in our family to tell people how funny you are, and then tell them repeatedly yes. what you did until they think it's funny. Hear this hilarious thing that I did. Do you want to hear about it again? <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. I assure you. Everybody laughed. Everybody thinks I'm funny. That's sort of how it is when I try to explain this podcast to people. Um, but anyway. What? Uh, yeah. So like today I went to go get a coffee um, at this uh, a cafe called, called Perk. Perk mm-hmm. Cafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Central Perk. Just Perk Cafe mm-hmm. um, in Murray Hill. And mm-hmm. uh, the guy behind the barista was so delightful. And I was standing there. And normally in New York City, there's like negative inter- interaction in customer service situations. It's and really, really weird. 
No, it's really nice because honestly, I don't, I have so many interactions like that every day that it's like, I can't possibly talk to all of you about my deepest, darkest feelings. Um, and nor could you talk to every person that comes in there and buys coffee from you. But anyway, this guy, I'm standing there in silence, just kind of thinking in my world, waiting for him to make my, my coffee. And he goes, you read anything good recently? And I totally panicked. <laughs> and I was like, like of all the reading types, <laughs> You should have screamed, I can't read, and then run out. <laughs> no, I, but I was like, of all the things? Like, if I read anything good? And he was like, yeah, I can even be like a tweet or something like that. And I was like, well, I read, I, you know, I just finished uh, a little while ago. I finished the third Neapolitan novel book, uh, or Neapolitan novel, I suppose you could just call it, uh, by Elena Ferrante. Um, and that was, those books are amazing. Like, they're so good. And he was like, oh, I'd heard about it. So we talked about that for a little while. And then I was like, how about you? Have you read anything good? And he goes, I'm going to cheat a little bit and say that I really like I ha- this podcast. And I wanted to be like, you little twerp. <laughs> I, didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know I could talk about podcasts. You asked me if I'd read anything. But anyway, he's like, I'm obsessed with this podcast, Call Your Girlfriend, which is one of my my favorite podcasts um, on mm-hmm. earth. And so we bonded over that. And then I was like, can I plug myself? And he goes, sure. And I go, I have a podcast. And he was like, congratulations. And I was like, no, no, it's not hard. Anyone can have one. <laughs> Nobody lets you have one. You just do it. <laughs> you just give yourself permission and go. Yeah, you. Yeah, basically. And um, And then he was like, what's it about? And I told him, and he just got this look on his face. Like he didn't understand what the work that we do is. And I was like, uh anyway it's really good it's just a lot of fun you should try it and then I ran out and it was horrible he didn't get it he was also like 19 years old so he very well like may not know who Leonardo DiCaprio is oh shut up get I get out of here I get out of town that's no 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 I'm I'm you really mad (laughs) don't be mad it's not his fault maybe he grew up Amish I doubt it maybe he's here on Rumspringer well then he has time to know and maybe I just opened up his world and maybe he's listening to this right now. In which case, hello. Hello, sir. Hey, buddy. I really liked your shirt that had all of the mariachi donkeys on it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad you are spreading the word. Um, usually when I tell people about this podcast, there I get one of two reactions. One is like a blank stare with like a tilt of the head and like, what? <laughs> and the other is, Oh my God, that sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah, the latter is the only acceptable response. Oh, totally. Most of the time, that's the one I get when I tell people, especially like girls our age. Usually when like someone doesn't get it, I'll be like, we're watching each of the movies and then discussing the movies. It's not like we're talking like we we talk about him. Yeah, we do talk about him. But I mean, like, it's not like we just get on there and talk about how hot we think he is, except we do. But we also discuss films, and then they're like, oh, yes, well, he has, yes, he has a great catalog of films. And I'm like, yeah, that's why we're talking about them. You don't so. have to tell me, pal. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to tell. It's, I thought today, I was uh, driving home, think, thinking about how we were going to do this, and I was excited. And then I thought, well, my dream is to be, like, listed somewhere, like, I don't know, on TV or, like, maybe even, like, a BuzzFeed thing as a, as a Leo DiCaprio expert. <gasps> that's like how I want to be a Titanic movie historian. Yeah, I want to be like people to be like, oh, well, she knows all about this. And then I'd be like, yes, well, I do, you know? Yeah, so. I do know. I understand. I know. 
Um, um, my favorite response, though, when I tell people about this podcast is when they are like, are you doing it because you want to meet him? And I'm just like, you are pathetic. Stop yes. talking to me. <laughs> of course, that's not why I'm doing this. If I wanted to meet him, I would ask one of the famous people that I actually know. Why haven't you done that? Because they, they are not. They don't know. They don't. They can't get me to Leo. Leo is untouchable. He is. I would figure out a better way to meet him. There's better ways to meet Leonardo DiCaprio. Like you could lie. This is not a good way. This is not a good way. (laughs) This is the worst way because if we ever meet him, we're going to be so humiliated. Yeah, this is like, this is like the creepiest way. (laughs) People don't like it when you make podcasts about them. And the people, the people that do like it are serial killers. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. All right. So do you have any, uh, this week in Leo? I do, I do. I have some news about Leo. Um, so, hold on, let me pull this up. Uh, so Leo, as everybody in the world knows, and if you don't, where have you been, um, is a UN messenger of peace. Oh, so nice. Which is like the highest honor awarded to civilians in All the men. Of all men in the world. All men and women. It's the best honor. Okay. That. <laughs> um... Anyway, so he was awarded it. I don't know if they do it annually or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's like biannually or something. Oh, it's done every two years. It Mm -hmm. says it right in front of me. That's biannually. Um, It's the highest honor given by the United Nations for an initial period of two years. So if you don't pull your weight as a messenger of peace, they kick you out. The UN's not messing around. No. So, um, but anyway, uh, Malala Yousafzai... Uh, amazing badass, beautiful human, all around courageous warrior. Being. I don't want to say warrior because she's so peaceful. She's not even like a friend of the podcast because she's too good to be a friend of the podcast. She's an idol of the podcast. Mm-hmm. She, she doesn't go on any list because she's just beyond us. Yeah, way beyond us. Um, yeah, so she was just um, awarded are you awarded the messenger of peace? Are you made a messenger of peace? I don't really know. She is now a UN messenger of peace and Leonardo DiCaprio welcomed her to the club with a tweet. Congratulations. Oh, geez. Congratulations to the newest UN messenger of peace, Malala Yousafzai. And I just thought that was so nice that he, he like really enjoys welcoming people into exclusive clubs that he's a part of. <laughs> so like when he handed Emma Stone her Oscar, he like went and whispered in her ear, welcome to the club. And then, and I was just like, that. that's just like, that's all I've ever wanted from life is for Leo to like welcome me into some sort of exclusive club where only amazing people hang out. <sighs> that must be what it feels like. Like, I bet he does that for his Wolfpack members too. He's like, welcome to the club. And then when you get kicked out, when you're like, like we talked about last week, like, like when you're David the Blaine. room. Yeah. And you get shot in the head on a boat. Mm-hmm. Um after you get Fredo kissed by Leo. <laughs> yeah. Wait, he doesn't, it's not by his brother. But anyway, um, then it's like the biggest insult, you know? So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Good yeah. for her. I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad for her. I'm glad for him. Uh, she definitely deserves it. I know. She deserves everything. In case you don't know who she is, go look her up. She is an incredible young lady who is all about education and freedom for the ladies if you're not a fan of women being educated first of all stop listening to this podcast we don't need you to patronize us and those in i mean that in a dual way um and also you might not be into her message 
Also, it's too late, bitches. I'm already educated. Yeah. So step <laughs> off and get ready for the revolution. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, That's nice, though. Anyway, do you have any Leo news? I a little bit. Yeah. It's not like excite. It's not like that. It was not exciting like that. But so apparently, uh, Leo attended a premiere at Grauman's Chinese Theater a few oh, days ago. I used to work down the street from there. And he brought his mother to the premiere. Aww. Um, he wasn't in the film, which is called The Promise, and it's apparently about genocide. Of course it is. Of course <laughs> it is. He was a guest of the producer. So, um, let's see. Apparently, he and his mom did, like, the whole carpet thing, which I'd like to see these pictures. Like, he hardly ever does carpets. But, so they did the whole carpet thing, and then, are you looking it up right now? Yep. Because I can hear you clickety-clack, clack, clack. I can hear it when you do it, too. Oh, okay. Um, so they did the whole carpet thing, and then they went in. But as soon as the movie started, Leo got up and left. And he didn't actually leave the theater because he came back in at the very end of the movie when everyone started applauding. So where did he go? Like, I don't know. <laughs> the article said that he may have gone to a green room, but why would he do that? Isn't that kind of rude? I, I don't know. I've never been to a movie premiere. I don't know what the protocol is, but maybe he had to take a dump. <laughs> like for the whole movie? And maybe then he's he just got like, diarrhea. I got we back. were talking about how that's the oh best God. excuse for anything. Or maybe he got super emotional about the genocide because I can't watch movies about genocide. And so then he was like, Mom, I got to go. And she's like, just tell everyone you have diarrhea. <laughs> So apparently the Kardashians were also there, but and they went to the carpet and then they just skipped the movie entirely. So that's an option as well. So I'm not sure why you would go in, sit down, then get up and leave and then come back. Seems odd to me. I can understand why you would do the red carpet and then not stay for the movie. Right. Because you're like the, the, you're doing like the PR for it. Like you're like, oh, I'm into this movie and it, it's like an endorsement. But mm-hmm. I don't understand why you would sit down and then go out and then come back. Yeah. Like maybe he watched it. Maybe he hates theaters and he like watched it in another room or something. Or he'd already seen it and he was like, I can't sit through this again. Maybe he had diarrhea. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) So it's not a huge piece of news because most of the things on him this week are all about Coachella and speculation that he is helping newly single Orlando Bloom and newly divorced Tobey Maguire with with dating. Like he's he's coaching them. He's like, here's the trick, guys. You gotta stick just with the models. Me. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! It's like the episode of New Girl that I was literally just watching, where Nick's old law school roommate um, teaches him about twenty-year-old yeah. girls and how they think that thirty-year-old yeah. dudes are awesome. And then he goes, "Look yeah. at them! They don't know what Saved by the Bell is, and they've never felt pain." <laughs> oh my god! I wonder if his girlfriend knows what Saved by the Bell is. Do you think Leo knows what Saved by the Bell is? Of course he does. He probably auditioned to play Zach Morris. No, he was too young. Was he? How old's Mark Paul Gosselin? No, no, he's not too young. I don't know. I don't know. Um. So anyway, that's my news for the week. Not big, um, but it's he's there. the same age as MPG. Oh, MPG's right. one year older. Oh my god, I love him. Oh my god. Whew. Whew. When MPG wears a vest and glasses, I just I'm gonna I'm God, sending like, this to you right now. I don't even care. No, don't. I'm not gonna be able to up. handle it. I'm gonna start crying. It's very it's... sexual. Oh my God, this man's face. What? Who is he? <laughs> Who do they even make like this? No. Is, 
Isn't he like part Filipino or something? Yeah. He's the, oh, there he is. Okay, let's see. I'm getting it. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> also, just look at his face shape in this. I'm so sorry, oh. listeners. This is terrible podcasting etiquette. Oh, it's everything. It's everything I love in a man. The hair is like a little bit spiky. Glasses are my number one thing. A little bit of a beard and a friggin' vest. Yeah. Oh, no. I can't look at this. I can't look at this. You're distracting me and I'm supposed to be talking about Leo. <laughs> well, hold on. I'll, I'll do this one and then you'll then you'll be over it. I'm getting chills. Okay, so on to the, uh, the movie at hand. The beach. The beach. La playa. La playa. Laura, had you ever seen The Beach before? <laughs> I had not seen The Beach before. I there, Why not? There wasn't like really a reason. I was in high school when it came out and I was firmly planted in the world of romantic comedies and teen movies. So I don't think this genre really appealed to me. And not to say that I was over Leo at that point, because of course I never am. But he was kind of in the backseat of my love bus, which was current, which was being driven at the time by Justin Timberlake. So, I mean, of course. Yeah, I just didn't pay attention and I just went, never went back in his catalog of films until now. But thank God I did because I really, really like this movie. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Can I go into my reaction now or? Sure. So, I was completely engaged in the story. I cared about the characters, even though they were, you know, had some garbage tendencies. And Leo was taking it past 11. All the way to 14. 14? Yeah. 14? That's how I felt about this. Yeah. Whoa. Like, thus far in our Leo journey, this might be, like, this is one of his best performances. Like, up there with Gilbert Grape and the scene in the Basketball Diaries when he's begging his mom for money. 14. The, yeah. That's the character. Impressive. Yeah. The character and the content totally played to his strengths as an actor. And I found the whole thing entertaining and thought-provoking and downright delightful. Like, the only thing that I would have asked for is perhaps a full frontal nude scene. (laughs) It seems like a casual nude scene, like maybe just walking down the beach or something, might have been appropriate for this movie. Like, a little full frontal. But that's okay. I'm I'm just being picky with that request. When is is a nude scene not appropriate? Other than a children's movie. Yeah, I... True, but this one would... This could easily fit in, you know? Yeah, it would have made a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, why do you have so many clothes on this beach? So anyway, had you seen this movie? Not. I remember when it came out, I remember seeing the previews and being like, Leonardo DiCaprio. And then I remember being thinking that it was really scary. Like, yeah. for some reason, I had it in my head that this was, like, lost in some way. Even though Lost hadn't I happened it was yet. Like, I thought it was, I thought it was like, like, supernatural. Yeah, like, supernatural or, like... Or like, I don't know, one of those movies where like it turns into a most dangerous game where people are hunting you. Mm. Um, yeah, and so I didn't see it. Not that I would have been allowed to anyway. But I remember um, my best friend saw it and she said it was really good. And then I didn't see it until this weekend. All right. So what was your reaction to the movie? Like, how did you feel about it all? Do you agree with me that Leo went to 14? I do agree with you. Leo went to 14 and this movie mm-hmm. is amazing. Everybody in it yes. is top notch. It is, it's mm-hmm. like super clever and doesn't spell everything out for you. It's funny at times. It's like creepy at times. It's, 
it's so good. Action. Action packed. It's everything. It's action packed. I'm glad you, I'm so glad that you liked it because I was like, what if she doesn't like it as much as I did? I, then I'm going to have to fight with her and it's going to be awkward. I know. And, 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 uh, yeah, I, I'm very pleased that I liked this movie as well because I was really nervous when I sat down to watch it. I was like, is this going to creep me out and like make it hard for me to sleep tonight? And it didn't, it didn't at all. No. It didn't, and I warned you about the snakes in the first five minutes. Thank you for that. Also, gentle listeners, if you also have a crippling snake phobia that turns you into a weird little weenus whenever they're around, when you hear someone in the first five minutes, when you hear uh, a man say, uh, do you want to drink snake blood? Just close your eyes. Close your eyes until Mm -hmm. you hear Leo leave that situation. When he says... Like, thank you. I'm going to leave or something yeah, like or that. Or this was great or something like that. And then he leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I then, think he says that. then you can open your eyes again. I fully believe mm-hmm. in snake trigger warnings. Yes. Full support yes. of that. So um, I have some trivia facts for this movie. Yes, please. Okay. If you were to recast, I mean, if you were to recast Leo's role, who would you put into it? That's my question for you. I want to know if you pick the actor who was uh the first choice because leo was not the first choice which is like (laughs) idiots but is it like someone who's the same age as leo i actually don't know how old the actor is but you definitely know who it is is it elijah wood no it's ewan mcgregor i don't see that at all but i could totally see elijah wood Hmm, interesting uh, Ewan McGregor was director Danny Boyle's first choice to play Richard, but Leo was chosen. And then Ewan got super pissed because he wanted to be in this movie, and it caused this like long rift between Boyle and McGregor. Well, Leo should have called Ewan and been like, "Hey, buddy, I wanted to be in Mul- oh, Moulin Rouge." Hadn't ha- no Moulin Rouge had happened. No, it hadn't. No, it hadn't. Oh, okay. Never mind then. He should have called him later, though. You know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Danny Boyle and Ewan McGregor are okay now. Their friendship is repaired. And I actually, I can see Ewan McGregor in this role. Because if you think of, like, train spotting or, like, some of his earlier stuff when he I've wasn't, never like... i seen that. Oh, okay. Um, I think he could have done it. And I prefer Leo, though, of course. Because I just think this was such a strong performance for him that I can't really imagine anybody else being as good as he was. Also, would, he been, would Ewan have been playing him as... An American? Yes. Or would he have been Scottish? No, he would have been American. Okay. Yeah. Um, so environmentalists took legal action against the production company, suing them for unnecessary ecological destruction that happened during the filming of this movie. The company... Oh, no. Yeah. The production company was ordered to repair all the damage that it did, including rebuilding the marine life population that was wiped out. How did they wipe out a marine life population? I'm not sure, but so apparently they um, pay like, I think it's $10,000 to like the Thailand, whatever, filming people. And then they were under the impression that they could make any changes that they wanted. Oh dear. And they did. And then the environmentalists were like, uh, hell no, you just did all this damage. And I have a sneaking suspicion that this may be where Leo's interest in the environment began. I actually kind of feel like I heard that somewhere. Yeah, I don't know for certain, but it just seems to line up with his personal timeline. And also just maybe like he found out that how much damage they had done and maybe it like piqued his interest in the whole thing. 
Um, because I know he, he wasn't always an environmentalist. It's grown over the years. So maybe, and you know, he has a thing about like the ocean and sharks and stuff. So maybe he found out all the damage that was done and decided, you know, to do something about it. So, Our man Leo. Yeah. I know. Like hearing about a problem and being like, I'm going to take steps to solve this. I bet he felt really guilty about being part of something that like was, that like killed animals and stuff. Yeah, maybe he's just, like, trying to atone for it, like, for the the rest of his life. Or maybe it was part of, like, a deal. With the devil? No! With, like, oh. the gov- like the government or something. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, this was Leo's first film in two years. After Titanic, he was overwhelmed by his celebrity and being a heartthrob, and he was worried about being um, typecast as, like, the hot guy heartthrob. Mm-hmm. Which he really, really didn't want. He didn't want to be, like, in romantic comedies. He didn't want to be in teen movies. Like, he wanted to be, like, an, you know, a legitimate, serious actor. So he took a break from acting altogether, and he chose the beach for his comeback project. Ironically, my heart really throbs for him in this movie. Well, he doesn't wear a shirt very often, and you could tell he'd been working out a little bit. I know. It's so nice. Actually, that's my next thing. But, um... Also, because of the success of Titanic, Leo was able to command $20 million for this film. Cha-cha-cha! He currently makes $25 million per film. That's not a very big raise. No, and compare that to the enemy of the podcast, Johnny Depp, who makes $35 million per film. That's disgusting. Like, Leo should be paid the most of anyone, ever. All the people. Or maybe he's just like, I don't really need that much money. Thanks. But Leo, you do. <laughs> you could pour it into your foundation. Maybe he's like, pay $20 million to me and give the other $5 million to my foundation. I don't really think that's how that works. <laughs> um, Leo was asked to lose at least 20 pounds for before filming began for this film. Oh, dear. <laughs> and from the looks of things, he worked out a bit. He has those, like, grooves on the upper hip, you know? The man V. The man V. And he has pretty defined triceps as well. He so. did those dips. Nice. He did. Nice job, Leo. Would you like to apologize to him no, now? No, I don't want to apologize because what I said was that he's not somebody who's super into working out. I didn't say he never worked out ever. Oh, okay. And, and like, All I right. don't think that he's super into working out, seeing as I don't think he's done it since then. <laughs> true that's not true when uh, but also like and and i'm not saying it's a bad thing he's a beautiful man bodies are different but he's never been like super ripped go look him up in the departed i am doing it right now okay you see yeah i mean yeah okay but still it's not like the state that he keeps himself in all the time like some other actors. Like Matthew McConaughey, you get the sense that like if he couldn't run on the beach with his Catahoula leopard dogs every single day, that he would just keel over and die of sadness. Whereas Leo, I feel oh. like they're like, you can't work out. And he's like, cool. <laughs> That's fine. I'll just lay right here. Don't worry about I'm gonna, it. I'm horizontal <laughs> running. <laughs> horizontal. Um, okay. So are you ready for the background? Yes, please. Okay, The Beach was released on February 11th, 2000, when Leo was 25 years old. It is based on a novel written by Alex Garland, which I kind of want to read now. I Um, bet it would be a really good book. Yeah. 
The screenplay was done by John Hodge, and it was directed by Danny Boyle, who also directed Train Spotting, Slumdog Millionaire, and 127 Hours, which is the one where James Franco chews his own arm off or whatever. He doesn't chew it off. He doesn't? He cuts it off with, with a knife. Oh, I just took that too far. Yeah. Sorry. He doesn't, he doesn't go self-zombie. I don't know what he did. I didn't see it. So uh, the movie was filmed in Thailand in Bangkok, Phuket, and I, can't, I don't know, Phi Phi or Fifi Le Island, which was the setting for the actual beach. It did fairly well in theaters, but it has become a cult classic over the years. And after watching it, I would like to proclaim myself a member of this cult. Of which I am the leader. We will meet on the beach later. No. <laughs> Damn it. You are not the leader. Um, <laughs> would you care to tell the gentle listeners what this movie is about? What, what, what happens? I would definitely care to. I would more than care to. I would love to. Take us on this journey with Leo. Okay. <laughs> so this story is about Richard. A 20, who's played by Leo, a 25-year-old American tourist who has come to Thailand for adventure. He is traveling alone because um, basically he just has a backpack and a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> In the book, he is apparently described as a chain smoker who is obsessed with video games. And while neither of these things are explicitly stated in the movie... He's constantly smoking, and there and there are several comments made about his thumbs and the way they are from playing video games. And at one point, he imagines, imagines himself to be a character in a video game, which is hilarious. It really is. It really is. <laughs> we'll get there later, but it's so funny. Um, Richard ends up staying in a hostel in Thailand where he meets his neighbors, a beautiful French couple named... Now, okay... I thought it was Francois, but they kept saying Francoise. I don't know. But they, okay, so I'm going to say Francoise because they kept saying that. But I thought the name was Francois. Maybe Francois is the male version and Francoise is the ladies. Okay, well, we'll just go with that. So a beautiful French couple named Francoise and Etienne. Uh, Francoise being the woman and Etienne being the man. Richard is immediately infatuated with Francoise, and I can understand why that... Whoever that actress is, she's gorgeous. I know. She's one of those people who I'm just like, there's nothing I could do to myself. There's no amount of work to get done or makeup to be put on to be as beautiful as she is. She's just freaking naturally beautiful. I know. The good Lord spent more time on her than the rest of us. And to make her look like she just woke up like that. Yeah. Hashtag (laughs) flawless. Flawless. Seriously. Um, on his first night in the ho- staying in the hostel, he's laying in his bed smoking when he hears, like, this commotion in the outside in the hallway. And there's, like, this Scottish? Irish? Celtic. Celtic gentleman, like, staggering down the hallway screaming. And um, Richard tries to ignore it, but then <laughs> this crazy guy breaks through the screen at the top of his wall because they have these walls that go all um all the way up except for right at the top there are like these window like things with screens instead of glass like summer camp yeah yeah um and the crazy guy whose name is daffy sticks his head through like he breaks through the screen sticks his head through and starts babbling away at richard who is at first like totally freaked out but then he's kind of amused by this guy because he's like oh this guy's harmless he seems to kind of like daffy's brand of insanity especially because Daffy offers to share some weed with him. Um, Daffy goes on to tell Richard of a 
um, a local legend, a beautiful, pristine beach on an island where the beach is hidden from the ocean, the sand is white, the water is pure, and it's basically untouched by man. It's basically like the holy grail for travelers, but a lot of people don't think it exists, and Daffy, though, claims to have been there. He gives Richard a hand-drawn map showing exactly the way to the beach, and then he shakes Richard's hand and disappears. No, he doesn't give it to him then. He doesn't? He just says, it's been nice knowing you, Richard. And then, like, okay, and then he shakes his hand. He leaves it on his door the next day. He leaves it on his door. Oh, you're right. I Okay. Yes. He leaves it on his door the next day. And Richard, wanting some adventure in his life, is totally into this map and decides he's going to find the beach. Later, he goes to Daffy's room, only to find the walls covered in blood spatter and Daffy dead on the floor with a knife next to him. So he was supposed to have committed suicide, right? Yes. That is a really, really bloody room for a suicide. Yeah. Like maybe he didn't know what he was doing. The blood spatter. No, the that. I mean, I watch a lot of like those, you know, forensic files. Like that blood spatter was not realistic. I, I just want to say, like that's from that's from like swinging, you know, and the blood casts well, off. Can't you see Daffy like slitting his wrists and dancing? Like spinning about. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay. All right. I'll go with that then. <laughs> so Daffy is now dead and Richard has found him and he just kind of like stands there and stares. He doesn't really do anything. Um, but he and everyone else in the hostel are are taken in for questioning and cleared. And then Richard decides to get the F out of there. But he's uh, going to use this map to get close to the object of his infatuation. So he invites Francoise and Etienne to enjo- to join him on his journey. And they agree. Because these are the kind of people that are obsessed with traveling and obsessed with adventure and obsessed with, like, hanging out with people they don't the really know. the kind of people I wish I was. But I <laughs> the whole time I was watching, I was like, this is what I should do with my life. And then I was like, mm, I really need to know where I'm going to be able to poop. <laughs> I would not knock on the door of a stranger's next door and be like, hey, do you want to come on this like crazy adventure with me? I just, I have too much anxiety for that. Like, A, they Mm -hmm. could be murderers. B, they could accidentally kill me because they're irresponsible. C, they could leave me somewhere or rob me. I mean, like, there's so many things about strangers. Stranger danger, okay? Yeah, but all of these people were definitely brought up before the days of stranger danger. True, but also no, they probably were brought up like when they were about ten. The stranger, yeah. So they were already formed, whereas we were like out of the womb, and people we we like popped out, and people were like, "Don't take anything from strangers. Strangers are horrible." (laughs) They like slap your butt to make you cry. Also, you're a lady. Never go anywhere by yourself. (laughs) Never talk to anyone. Never touch anyone. Never take compliments. Never give compliments. Never eat food that you didn't see prepared. Never drink a drink that you haven't been holding the whole time. Also, never go to the bathroom by yourself, but we will mercilessly make fun of you for going with other ladies. Yes, exactly. Just, you know. So I guess, yeah. But I've known people like this, you know. People who are like, I'm just going to go out and conquer the world and have as many experiences as I want. Definitely the type of people who would be like, hey, I just met these people. They seem cool. Let's go on an adventure. So these people do exist. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not friggin' one of them. It's cool. It doesn't make you any less of a person. 
I really feel like it makes me inferior. It doesn't at all. You know what? There's a lot of stories about people like that getting arrested in North Korea. It's true. So just saying. Or those hikers in like Afghanistan or whatever. Yeah. Man, sometimes adventure doesn't go as planned. Well, this adventure. this one. (laughs) This adventure did not go as planned. (laughs) So yeah, so he invites Francois and... Etienne to join him and he kind of makes it hard for himself because he's obsessed with this girl but he's basically the third wheel to this super affectionate couple and he's not very subtle about his feelings for Francois Um, one night she comes to take pictures of the night sky next to where he's sleeping and he's like (laughs) he's like think about it somewhere out there there's a planet just like this one and another you looking back at this planet taking a picture of you and and like another dimension. And she tells him that this is the sort of thing that American men say to French women when they want to sleep with them. Like she's, she's not very subtle in her like shutting him down. Nor should she be. I know. So cheesy. I know. She's just like, listen, I know what you're doing and I'm not like, I'm not going for it except, and he looks like really embarrassed and he says, sorry, I thought I was doing pretty well. Which I'm like, oh no, God, don't say that. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Um, and she smiles and she doesn't seem too upset by his flirting because why would she be? We forgot mm-hmm. to mention that, okay, Leo is tan, 25 or 26 or whatever. No, 25. He has this like, what do you, what's his hair? It's not a buzz cut. It's spiky. It's spiky. It's short and spiky. It's not a bad look for him. And he is fairly fit. Yeah. So he looks pretty hot. <laughs> he looks body pretty, be banging. Body be banging. Um, it's not Titanic Leo, but yeah. it's still nice. It's still, like, still, I can't think of a single person who would be like, please leave the room, you know, to him. Get out. You are too <laughs> ugly. <laughs> I was going to say kick him out of bed, but then I didn't, like, want to be, like, too crass. <laughs> Uh, there is no such thing. This is Let's Talk About Leo. Um, <laughs> All right. I don't know anybody who would kick him out of bed except for maybe mom. But then she would be like, I'll go downstairs and I'll make you a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Um, yeah, no. I, I actually think I'm going to add beach Leo to my list of Leo types that I describe. Oh, good. Beach like Leo. Titanic Leo, City Bike Leo, Dad Bod Leo, Beach Leo. Okay, cool. Good. Um, so on their journey, they come to some kind of hotel lodging with like these little beach bungalows that they're staying in. I would like to go there immediately. Oh my God. It looks amazing. It's right on the beach and there are just these little bungalows with porches. I love nothing more than a good porch. I don't care for porches. Oh my God. I I love porches. You know what happens on porches? You sit on Good conversation. You hate talking to people. No, no, no. I'd be talking to like you or Carly or... You know, somebody no, that I like. because when you sit on a porch, you have to talk to every mother ever that walks by. <laughs> well, whenever they'd walk by, I'd just go, diarrhea, really loud, and then they'd keep walking. <laughs> you know what? I live in a neighborhood where there are actual houses in New York City, and there is one house just a little bit south of my apartment building, or east, east of my apartment building, and mm-hmm. it has a porch. But instead of putting rocking chairs on it like everybody else who then has to talk to everybody that's walking by, which is just terrible, um, they put a hammock on. Wait, I don't get what this, what 
the point is like people can still talk to you if you're in a hammock. And, but they're not going to because you can pretend to be sleeping. You can be sleeping in a chair. You're still upright. <laughs> or people actually... might people might not know if you're there. Like they just don't look at, at if you're in a hammock. They might you know? not know if you're there. <laughs> <laughs> they might just think it's like, you know, blankets or something. Well, that's also, all I'm... I'm saying is it's a very big dream of mine to like sneak to that house in the middle of the night and land that hammock without getting caught. It's a very big dream of mine to have a porch. So there we go. Dream big. Dream big. <laughs> Someday. Someday. <sighs> anyway, Someday, so there. <laughs> somewhere Laura will have a porch. I will. I will. I will. Um, so they have these beach bungalows with porches. And one night, Richard locks himself outside of his room. And he overreacts to the Oh, map. my God. <laughs> I'm saying Leo's frustration is hilarious. It's like, <laughs> it's like the reaction I had hitting my ankle the other day when I was like, mother ever! <laughs> screamed and like, I thought maybe someone was going to send the cops to my house because I was yelling so loud. Or when someone, when, my, when I'm like walking and my earbuds get ripped out of my ears. Oh, that happened to me. Like you were on the phone. It was like 10 minutes ago. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a total overreaction. It's just like, God damn it, what <laughs> It's just the most frustrating. But he does this. So he's like, oh, I'll lock myself out. And then he just starts like pounding and freaking out on the door. And to he be does fair, it. it is pouring. Yeah. And also he does that several times in this movie. Like the character of Richard has no chill. Yeah, no chill, a definite overreactor. Yeah. Um so Richard has these kind of like stoner neighbors who he's, is stoner uh, derogatory? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Uh, seems fine to me. Um, these marijuana loving neighbors. <laughs> I'm like, what else are you supposed to call them? Weed heads? <laughs> Weed heads. <laughs> Reefer buddies. <laughs> Reefer madners. <laughs> they, they basically look one of them looks like the guy from that show about Silicon Valley called Silicon Valley I don't know that, that don't it's know. on HBO it has that guy from playing house who's inexplicably mm. sexual oh yeah 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 um so Richard has these reefer buddy neighbors who see who see that he's locked out and they invite him to come smoke with them which he's like okay I apparently have overreacted enough that these people think I need to chill. And so he goes over there and he chills. And this is like in this scene, I almost can picture that this is just what Leo's like with his buddies. Yeah, totally. It's like he's just a bro. He's such a bro. (laughs) Um, And they become friends. And one of the neighbors brings up the legend of the beach. And Richard's like, "Uh." (laughs) like he doesn't know what to say. Yeah. And he just pretends like he's never heard of it. And he says, like, oh, man, that's probably a myth. Like, that's not real. Whatever. But then when he leaves the next day, he leaves them a copy of the map along with – it's his T-shirt, right, that he was wearing the night before? No, it's – he borrowed a T-shirt from one of them because he was so soaked in the rain. Oh, okay. I thought he was, like, leaving a T-shirt because – For, like, scenting – scent dogs? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Like, like, so he'd know who left it for them. I mean, like, they'd know who left – it for them no but now i see that he borrowed the t-shirt okay okay that makes so much more sense because i was like that's a weird move (laughs) 
But it makes sense because if he didn't bring the t-shirt back with the map, the map could have come from anywhere. Right. So it's kind of the same thing as I was thinking. It just that the t-shirt belongs to one of them. Yes. Okay. So Francois Etienne and Francoise Etienne and Richard set out on the last leg of their journey, which requires them to swim. And um, <laughs> they're kind of like, I laughed so hard in the part when they're like, how far do you think that is? Like, and they're talking in kilometers. And he's like, how many kilometers do you think that is? And Richard's like, I'm American. I think in miles. <laughs> but like, that's something when you live abroad and like travel abroad that you actually have to remind people of. Because I'd be like, it is 50 kilometers. And you're like, what's a, I don't know what that what's means, What's a kilometer? <laughs> I don't understand what a kilometer is. Like, I, But like, very weirdly, they all understand miles. So I'm like, why don't we just all use miles? That's Also, they taught us the metric system in school. And I don't, I don't it still makes well, I mean, a kilometer is a thousand meters, obviously, and I can think in my head what a meter stick looks like, which is three meters, right? I don't know. Okay. But still, that makes no sense to me. But miles, yes. So Etienne's like, okay, so how many miles do you think that is? And he's just like, that looks really far. But uh, they don't really care, so they set off swimming, and they have these bags kind of like floating behind them as they swim. And I don't want to be rude, but one of them, they do this underwater shot, like, up so you can see the shadow of the people. One of them is, like, a really weird swimmer, and I think it might be Leo. Oh, no, but he's from Southern California. He should know how to swim. Well, it, I, maybe it's the other guy, but one of the guys it, is a real It also real might weird be swimmer. a body double. Oh, okay, so it might not even be him. I was just like, that's a weird stroke. Like, it's like... He doesn't take a full stroke. It's like half half strokes out to the side. It's real weird. So it's bizarre. Yeah. Okay. But it could not be him. Let's just think it's not him. He obviously knows it's how to like swim here. because he's been in a lot of movies with water. Mm-hmm. So halfway through, they're like, Etienne claims that he sees a shark fin. And Richard starts like totally freaking out. He's like, where, where? Like how big? Like you would if you were in the middle of the ocean. And perhaps a shark was circling, you know? Yes. And they keep swimming, though. And then all of a sudden, Etienne's like, oh, my God, where is Francoise? And just her bag, like, surfaces. And they're both like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, where is she? And it, then it turns out it's all just a joke that she's playing on. Or they're both, like, Etienne and Francoise are playing on Richard. And she, like, pops up and they're cracking up. And... I mean, it's not a nice joke, but overreacting Richard comes out. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, ah! he like freaks out. But it's so funny with the part when he goes, um, uh, he says something like, your, sen- oh. your sense of humor sucks. And they're like, no, French people are funny. And he's like, I guess that's why you have all those classic comedies. <laughs> oh, no, I guess that's why your comedy is sweeping the world. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was another moment. When Leo was being funny, like, I love it when he takes these moments that are in these serious films where he just, like, has these moments of being funny. So it's not like he's a comedic actor, but he's really hilarious. Like I know. I think he could really do a comedy. I think he could, too. But I really appreciate that he does these, like, at least these kinds of things. Because you could actually say that line not to be funny, you know? Yeah. Like, you could say that as, like, a dick. Like, guess that's where your comedy's sweeping the world. Or it's like... Something not funny, but he clearly did it in, like, a comedic way to get laughs. So they arrived at the island, but they still had to trek across it to make it to the beach. 
and they find this field full of marijuana and like anyone would they start dancing around in it and playing in it because it's just this big field mm-hmm. yeah you definitely don't think that you know people are guarding it or that it might be you know belong to someone who might be nearby right right you that just because drug occur. lords are always just leaving their drugs out in the open unguarded those idiots if there's anything that i've learned about drug lords about drug lords it's that they do not keep a close watch on their property oh no they don't they don't even mm-hmm. care about it they're never they're, mur- they're, they're never murdering people naps. Yeah, they're always taking naps well actually though <laughs> probably in like really nice terry cloth bathroom. no 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 like in this movie uh oh <laughs> richard, richard is walking along while francoise and etienne are like dancing around and making out in the marijuana field and Richard spots this cute little monkey up in a tree and he's like oh hi monkey and then he notices that the monkey has like something around its neck and a chain attached to a sleeping man's arm and the man has a gun so this is the field lookout and the monkey's job is to watch out for uh trespassers and wake up the guy when somebody's there and the monkey alerts the man that someone is in the field and Richard and Francoise and Etienne have to basically army crawl through the field of weed to avoid being shot. And they get really close to being shot. Like, yeah. at one point, there's a, like a monkey there because they take the monkeys through the field to find the people. And the only reason that the monkey doesn't find them is because Richard squirts the monkey in the face with water. Which is a jack move. You mean like a, a mean move? No, like like a like a like a, just a quick thinking move. Oh, that's what a jack move means. I don't know. We well, yeah, it does now. Okay, a jack <laughs> move. Made it mean that. Add it to our own dictionary. I feel like a jack move is just something that people aren't expecting you to do. Oh, I thought it was like a jackass move. No, that's a dick move. Oh, okay. So they get out of the field and they're so happy, and they come to this waterfall, and then they're like, "Oh crap! What are we supposed to do about this?" And again, Richard and Etienne get into this hilarious fight. Like, oh my God. Can you describe it, Bodie? I mean, sorry, Meredith, can you describe the fight to us? I can't. Do you I remember need you it? To do it. I don't remember it well enough. Okay, so. I remember it was really funny, though. Basically, they're just like arguing about who's the leader, like, and who's taking control, who's the leader, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Richard gets, like, right up in Etienne's face. Like, a total bro. It's like when you see, like, a fight outside of a bar and there's a guy just losing it on another one. And he's like, come at me, bro. Exactly. Come at me. And he's, like, two inches away from his face, like, spitting all over him and stuff. Hold me back. Hold me back. That's what Leo was doing um, to Etienne. And (laughs) you just have to see it because it's really funny. And also I'm like, Leo, have you have you done this before? But now I'm thinking he probably has seen members of the wolf pack do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then Francois, being the badass chick that she is, is like, oh my God, these two, these two. And so she just takes matters into her own hands and she jumps off the cliff while the dudes are arguing and she lands in the water. Because she's like what's the point in arguing? Let's just find out how deep this water is. So Which she is jumps. a really bad idea because it could have been like a really shallow puddle. Well, I mean, it's a bad idea, but I, I appreciated that she was not like getting involved in their argument. She was just like, oh my God, these two. Yeah. <laughs> just like does her she own thing. She was not partaking in the toxic masculinity. No, 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 no. Not at all. Um, so then they all jump into the water and they're so pleased with themselves 
when they hear clapping. And there is this gorgeous, dark-skinned, super fit man watching them. Yes. Talk about people who like to exercise. Yes. The difference between Leo's exercise because he has to and this man. Like this man thrives on pull-ups. This man loves to do those upside-down hanging crunches. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. I bet yeah, he, he can does. like I bet he can do that thing where like you grab onto like a pole and you pull yourself up sideways and then move your leg back and forth. I bet he has a whole dance to a whole number of songs doing just that move and maybe a little bit of pole dancing. But like the kind of pole dancing that the kids do on the subway. Right. Yeah. Um so this guy's like, "Ah, congratulations. You you made it. Ha ha ha. Come with me." And he leads them to the beach. As I mean, Every time that I've jumped into a, you know, lagoon on an mm-hmm. island that where I am not, it's not part of my nation and just some random person starts clapping and is like, come with me after I've almost been shot by drug lords. I'm always like, yeah, sure. Well, yeah. I'm going to follow I mean, you ad- where you may lead. Adventure, man. Yeah. Give your life, give your life for the adventure. Mm-hmm. Don't be, don't be a drone. Be a cool person who you know, eats bugs and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so this guy does not kill them, though. He leads them to this community um, of people who just live there at the beach. Nobody is ugly. It's beautiful people only. And everyone has been to Burning Man at least four times, but now finds it's gotten too commercial and they need to go live off the grid. It's basically a self-sustained beach village with a little government headed by Sal, who's played by Tilda Swinton, who is Meredith's idol. Sal is Meredith's idol. No, she's not because she goes back. Meredith wants. I just Meredith I want to be, to be a friendly cult, a cult leader, leader to hot people. There's no such thing as a friendly cult there leader. There totally could be, but there isn't because you have to be like unscrupulous to be a cult leader. I'm gonna agree to disagree. Fine. I'm not in your cult, though. I'm going to be the you. first nice cult leader. Also... Well, I'm not going to be in your cult. I No one invited you. That's hurtful. <laughs> I don't like to be... I like to be able to reject people's invitations. I don't like to be never asked. You you can't preemptively reject invitations that weren't extended. Well, just in case you want to invite me, I don't want to be in your friggin' cult. That's exactly what I just told you you couldn't do. <laughs> Okay, anyway, so Tilda Swinton uh, is Sal, and Sal will do anything to keep the secret of the community. Because the thing is, the farmers on the island allow this community to exist so long as it remains absolutely secret to, and there are no newcomers. Um, she asks the newcomers, <laughs> because, you know, there are no newcomers, but they welcomed these guys. I'm not really sure why. Was it in there? Did you catch that? Why were they okay with these well, two, these three? Because they were really hot. So Leo shows up at your village and you're like, you know what? We're not allowed to have new people. But they didn't say anything about birthing new people. So if you agree to be, you know, our our man stud, you can stay. Um. Also, just saying, the other two people he was with, not too bad on the eyes either. Also super hot. Etienne was really hot. Yeah, he was a beautiful, beautiful man. I'm like not that into... French people like you know how I'm like Irish people yes you know I like Mm -hmm. British people yes but I've never been one for like 
I love the French people, but these two, not like I don't like French people, but these two people were so beautiful and so French. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So they ask the newcomer. Oh, she asks the newcomers if they told anyone about the island or gave a copy of the map to anybody. And Richard lies and says no. So living on the beach is amazing. Everybody is chill and they play games all day long. They have like organized sporting events. <laughs> And which kind of sounds terrible to me because it looks like it's like PE, but, but you, in your community. You don't have to partake. You can just lie in the sand. But don't you think people would eventually be like, hey, we're playing this game. Like, why don't you ever participate? And then you could be like, because I'm in, this is my paradise. I see. Oh, I see. Okay. I think as long as you're contributing to the community, they'd be super chill with it. At least that's the way it would be in my cult. <laughs> okay. Oh, maybe I will join your cult then because there's there's no peer pressure for physical activity. <laughs> I don't want to play sports. Okay? <laughs> I don't want to play sports unless we're playing volleyball. I do like volleyball and soccer. Badminton only. Uh, nothing that re- like uh, requires hand eye coordination. Oh, you know what? I was really good at badminton in high school, so maybe that too. So, so am I. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Awesome. So. The place is amazingly beautiful, and Richard is in heaven. He even ends up having sparkling water sex with Francoise one night. All I could think about was how long they were kissing underwater and how their mouths were filled with water and how they couldn't breathe. Leo is like does a lot of water kissing scenes. This and Romeo and Juliet and what else? Well, that's it. But I mean... So he was already a pro, is what I'm saying. He knew how to make out underwater. I hope that's a skill on his resume. <laughs> he goes to his little computer. He brings up his resume <laughs> right under a, gun skills. <laughs> yeah, right under gun skills. Wait, he closes out his um, evites <laughs> for the LDF, <laughs> the LDF, and he brings up that, and he writes underwater makeout skills without drowning. <laughs> I'm just saying, it looks complicated. It looks complicated. It looks like one of those things that's really beautiful on camera, but not so great in real life. I also feel like it's a lot of snot. Like any interaction at the beach, you know? Like any sexual interaction at the beach. Any interaction at the beach? No, no, no. Any sexual interaction at the beach looks great. Probably not so great. Yeah. Sand in a lot of places. Exactly. A lot of chafing. A lot Salt of chafing. water. That's Salt water. You know, no good. A lot good. of giardia. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just saying there's like water in a lot of areas. It's okay. Like but basically. Giardia. <laughs> she goes on a walk with Richard and she's like, it's really awkward for me to hang out with you because I'm with Etienne. And he's like, oh, really? Any specific reason for that? And she's like, yeah, because I like you, you friggin' idiot. <laughs> like, I'm really being very clear about that. And then they, she's like, oh, look at the, what is it, plankton or krill or something lights up when it's disturbed. And they go out into that and then they start, like, making out and then, you know, things progress. This is a group of people who has no, like, 
like I don't know how they survived as long as they did because if I were at a lagoon at night and I saw plankton and krill get disturbed in the water, my first thought would not be to swim to it. No, it'd be like, shark, shark, get out of the water. I know. I'd be like, there's something in that water. I'm not going in there. Also, I'm sorry, but what's the birth control situation here? Because- oh my God, that is all I could think. I was like, how is everybody not just super pregnant? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. They do actually address that later. Do when they? He's- yeah, they do. When he's going to the mainland, um, everybody asks for like a bunch of condoms. But he, it's not, he, I don't, he, there was, nobody was taking time in that lagoon to be like, excuse me. Well, that's what, in the lagoon. put on this prophylactic. Not in the, I don't know if it works in salt water. You know? You don't know if condoms work in salt water if you don't know if sperm works in salt water. Condoms. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, right. either either way, the birth control situation was not. Either solid. way, they didn't have whether or not they work. They didn't have one, <laughs> so let's just say that. Anyway, I hope mom doesn't hear this one. Um, she will. <laughs> what's up, mom? In like in like six months. <laughs> At least we're not like we have extensive experience with condoms and salt water. <laughs> so let me tell you about the last time I did this. I've tried it in every type of water and. <laughs> The only thing it doesn't work on is ice water. <laughs> but that's for like a lot of different reasons. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, pulling it back in. Okay. Anyway, so everybody on the island has kind of a job because they need to have jobs to make the island like self-sufficient and self-sustainable. And Richard's job is a fisherman for the island. And he's pretty good at it and he thinks he's super fly. Like when he brings those like bunches of fish, throws it down in front of the fish guy and he's like, (laughs) I'm amazing. I mean, if someone gave you a trident, wouldn't you feel super fly? Uh, yeah. That's not a trident though. Tridents have three times the try. Okay. It's a one dent. (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm going to edit off that laugh I just did because it was horrible. (laughs) All I want, I just wanted to say the word trident. It's a spear. I know, but I wanted him to have a trident. He didn't, though. That's how you'd get me to be a fisherman in my own cult. Just give me a trident. (laughs) Wouldn't you give yourself one because you're the leader? No, I don't like killing animals. Okay. All right. Actually, maybe that's how people will know that I'm the leader. I will just carry a trident. Uh, I would assume And, like, wear some sort of caftan. Absolutely. If I came upon a group of people and one of them is carrying a trident, I'd be like, that must be the leader. Yeah. That's how you're going to know. Exactly. Okay. Anyway. So one day during a storm, no one else is going out because they're like, we can't go out because it's hard to catch the fish like this. And Richard's like, you guys, listen, I'm amazing. All right. I'm Leonardo friggin' DiCaprio. I can catch as many fish with this friggin' one dent that I have. (laughs) And he goes out to get some fish and everybody starts freaking out on the mainland. And he's like, I can't hear you. <laughs> because again, not like, you know, realizing what might be in the ocean. Like the same situation with not swimming towards the plankton. When everybody's freaking out, maybe don't swim deeper. Yes. Yes. Um, and he ends up being attacked by a shark. And he comes face to face with the shark and he kills it. Which is rude. Well... Would you rather a shark kill Leo or Leo kill a shark? That's actually a really hard Sophie's choice for me. 
Well, okay, so there actually was a situation in which Leo, the actual Leonardo DiCaprio, was attacked by a shark. The cage, He was in the shark cage, and the, the Great White got into the shark cage and came at him. It was probably just a fan who wanted a hug. Okay, but it, but who would you prefer to die? There's only one right answer here. Honestly. I know, but you know how I feel about sharks. I know, but like, okay, what if a shark was going to attack me? Then I would want the shark to die. Okay, there you go. You should love Leo that much. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so so he's attacked by a shark. He comes face to face with it and he kills it. And he's so proud of himself. And so he gets up in front of the tribe. By the way, how many people do you think are in this little tribe? Like 60? I'd say like 40. 40 to 50. 40? So, yeah. So he gets up in front of them and he tells this tale about the shark attack. Um, and But he like inflates it. And he ends up, uh, the story ends with the shark staring into his eyes, communicating to him. And in a flashback, we see the shark actually talking to him like, with its mouth moving and everything. And it's like, it was a moment of humor that was so necessary for this movie. Like, that's part of its quirk and charm. I loved it. And then Richard screaming, I will not die today! Again, Richard has no chill. Richard is the least chilliest person ever. <laughs> um, it reminded me of like when he plays Jordan Belfort. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was very. This was totally early Jordan Belfort. This was early Jordan Belfort. Like this guy could have left the island and then gone on and been Jordan Belfort. Maybe he did. Actually, yeah, because th- he goes into tech or something. Who knows? No, I mean Jordan Belfort's not into tech, but I mean, never mind. Okay. So basically, after that, Richard becomes like a big deal in the tribe. And he's chosen to go to the mainland to get supplies with Sal. And while they're there, they end up running into the stoner neighbors who reveal in front of Sal that Richard gave them the map and that they're going to find the beach. And Sal's pissed, but she decides to uh, use this to her Wait, advantage. Wait, no, 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 and no, says, What? No. Uh, he he, he just says that he water. showed them the map. But he doesn't say that he drew a map, left them a copy. He said he lies again and says that he didn't leave them a copy of the map. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he does admit that he told them about the yes. island and showed and them the well, map. He had, and showed them the map. Okay. Right. And Sal is like kind of pissed, but she decides to use this to her advantage, and she says like she'll keep the secret so long as Richard sleeps with her. Bangity bangity. And then there's, like, this really, like, graphic biggity-bangity scene, which I'm like, eh, I don't know that I ever needed to see Tilda Swinton and Leonardo DiCaprio together. I don't know. Kind of weird. It's uncomfortable. It's, it's uncomfortable. Because, also, he doesn't really want to do it. No. Yeah, it's, it is not consensual. He's being coerced. He's being coerced. So, in the last uh, episode of this, when we were talking, no, two episodes ago, when we were talking about the man in the iron mask and Christine being coerced by the king. It's the same situation here. Like he has, she has something on him and she's using it to get him to do what she wants. But it's, that's not consent, my friends. No, it's not. Just in case you were unclear. Mm-hmm. So now he's cheated on friends, uh, on Francoise. Oh, because he and Francoise are t- fully together now because yeah. the other guy found out and was like, I want her to be happy. 
And he was like, well, look at me. She'll be happier with me because I'm Leo. And then the, he know. was like, but you're still hot. Go find another lady. Yeah, this won't be hard for you. Go find another lady. Go pick one of the other 18 hot people here. <laughs> God, like I said, they're all hot. Um, so now he's cheated on Francoise, though. And Sal also has a man who's, like, really possessive and weird and the only person that Richard doesn't like. And, like, really grabbed Richard's peen mm-hmm. before they left and was like, keep your dick in your pants. Like a grab and a twist. Yeah. Like, with a was, warning. It was not okay. And while I was watching it, I was like, he's not going to sleep with Sal. Like, why would he? And then then they did, and I was like, ah, oh, crap. Yeah, that guy knows his lady. He does know his lady. <laughs> Okay, <clears throat> so they come back to the island and they bring all the gifts and Richard's like Santa Claus passing them out. And he's like, ha ha, here are your tampons, ha ha, your condoms, and whatnot. Uh, and one day he's laying in his hammock playing a Game Boy because he's a big video game guy. And he hears some like commotion outside. And he gets up and he goes outside and there has been a serious shark attack. Like, serious. Like, how many um, people do you think were... Was it four or three? It's, I think it's three. And one of them's dead right away. It's the, sweet, two, it's three, the three, three Swedish guys. Right. And two of them are dead right away, right? No, just one. One of them is dead right away. One of them has, like, an, a leg injury that's, like, you can see a bite taken out. And they're trying to stop it, like, on the femoral artery. No, but then there's that one he runs, Richard runs down the beach and there's a guy like laying there. Oh, some. And he just sits down next to him to, so he won't be alone when he dies. Oh, well, maybe there was four. Okay. But, so there's this big shark attack and um, what they do, so they take everybody in. They won't let them go to the doctor because they're afraid that their secret will get out. No, that's not true. Yeah, no, it is. Tilda Swinton sits there and she's like, we can take you to a hospital, but you can't tell them where this happened. And, but the guy won't go near water. He won't get in the boat. Oh, and, I'm and, thinking of the... so they're okay, like, you I'm can sorry. either go to the doctor or, or to the hospital or you can take your chances here. I'm sorry. I was thinking of earlier when a guy has like a toothache and they are like, you can't go to the dentist. Oh, yeah. And then they pull out his tooth just like... By itself. I was it's one of those guys. It happens to the same guys. Oh, okay. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. But you're you're correct. Um they say you can go to the doctor, but you can't say where this happened and like or you can just take your chances here and they choose here. Because they won't go near water. Yeah, they won't go near water because you have to there's no like direct way to get off the island. And they start like getting sicker and sicker. They bury a guy. Right? Well, he dies. One of them di- One of them dies. They bury a guy. The guy who um, has, like, the least wor- uh, bad injury, though, everybody gets sick of hearing him whine and complain. So they basically take him out into the middle of nowhere and leave him to die. Mm-hmm. And Etienne is like, we cannot do this. This is so horrible. And everyone's like, nah, we want to go back to our old life. <laughs> I would just like to say chain of Leos, this appear, this uh, this trope appears in the Revenant. <gasps> Excellent. 
excellent. Thank you. I've been, yeah. Yes, good. So, yeah, and then, like, Etienne's standing there. He's like, I can't leave this guy. And he looks at Richard, and Richard's like, sorry. And he pieces out. So Etienne is left there uh, by, in the tent. So one day, uh, Richard is just, like, sitting around, and Sal comes and pulls him aside and is like, I need to talk to you. And she shows him that the stoners have found the island. Not great. They're just like across the way. They've set up camp. And she's like, you were going to, since you did this, you're going to stay here at the top of this hill. And until they come. And when they come, you're going to get that map from them and turn them away. And he's like, that could take like forever. And she's like, yeah, you're not coming back until then. And so he is banished to the top of the hill. He is banished. Banished to the top of the hill. Oh, also, Sal goes back and tells everybody that they slept together and that he gave people a map. She, like, lets people know what's up. And so Francoise comes and slaps him and is like, you are scared. Yeah, so then he's just, like, left on this hill with basically no friends, no nothing, and he's just supposed to watch these people across the way. Yeah, and he, like, goes into, like, a crazy, like, Vietnam stupor. Yeah, he basically starts to... Uh, go into the crazy mindset that da- Daffy was in. Yes. yes. He's- and he starts to like see Daffy and Daffy communicates with him and he starts to believe that he's inside of a video game that he can control. Right, like he spends he spends he his starts- days like playing a video game where he's the character. And they actually do a shot that's like of, of uh, Richard running through the forest as a video game with like that little like smile on his face. And he's, like, running along, and he can get points for whatever. I don't know what it is. Not killing people, though. Yeah, no, I don't know what it is. But he, like, messes with the the weed farmers on the island. Yeah, throws rocks at them and tries to make them think, like, like, tries to be, like, kind of a ghost to them. Yeah, he kind of goes full Rambo. Yeah. Maybe half Rambo. Quarter Rambo. He goes quarter (laughs) Rambo. And he builds, like, um... He, like, makes, like, those pits for people to fall into with, like, Yes, bamboo. he makes these, like. Yeah, he, like, makes weird traps for people. Yeah, he digs a hole. And, like, kind of loses his mind in the isolation, but also, like, remembers how he got here was by, like, by the, the you know, ramblings of a, a, a dead man. Right, and he, so, okay, there's the scene when he is in some sort of room, right, and there's light, and then the, um. The black guy comes in and is like, you need to stop this. You're being just like Daffy. Like, you need to come back to us. Was that real? I think so. Okay. But he doesn't heed that warning. No. No. He goes back. And um, meanwhile, the stoner people have arrived and they come and they're going through the marijuana. Because again, they land on a deserted island. There's a field of marijuana. And like all good, you know, imperialists, they think, this belongs to me. Right. This is all here for me. This belongs to no one else. There's no one else nearby with a semi-automatic rifle who might be willing to kill me for it. All of these plants are planted in perfectly straight rows by nature. Yes. Let's go dance through them. Mm Mm-hmm. And Richard is watching this. And these people, unfortunately, are not as lucky as Richard, Etienne, and Francoise. And Richard uh, witnesses the murder of all of them. 
Yes. By, yes, by the farmers who are protecting their crop. And that's when he realizes that he is not, in fact, in a game. No, yeah. he's got He gets blood on his face. But that part also made me mad because this girl gets shot, like, right in front of him. And she has the map, and she falls with the map in her hand, and he could have just reached and grabbed it, and it would have solved all the problems. Right, because then the farmers find that she had the map, and because of this agreement that they had made with the community, no one was supposed to know it was there, but now they know that there's a map out there. So they come to the community, and they're pissed, understandably, and they basically, this is the part that I got a little bit fuzzy on. So, first of all, I can't remember why Richard was back there. He went back to go get Francoise and Etienne. Right, because he's like, we have to go right now because they're coming. Yes. Okay, now I remember. Okay. Yes, and Etienne won't leave the guy that's stranded in the woods. Because Etienne is actually the best person in this whole movie. He's the only good person in this whole movie. He is the only good person in this whole movie. Yeah. And so Leo does the hard... And yet, probably best thing, and smothers the guy who got attacked he, by a shark. Well, he kind of looks at him. The guy's already going to die. He has gangrene, you know. Yeah. He leans over the guy. He gives him a kiss on the forehead. And then he covers his mouth and pinches his nose. Yeah. And he's crying while he does it. So it's not like he's doing it maliciously. Like no, it's kind he's, of, he's it's, like it's putting ha- him down. It's a mercy, it's a mercy killing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also because uh, Etienne needs to come with them. Yes. As well. So he's yes. doing it for like dual purposes, but it really was the kindest thing to do to this guy. Yeah, it probably should have been done a long time ago. Oh, what I was going to say was that was not long enough to kill somebody. Just that like- is like a beef that I have with all movies that show like suffocation or stranglings or something like that. I'm like, this gives people a really unrealistic idea of how long it takes to die of that. Well, I think it takes that's like probably five a good to seven thing. minutes. Well, it's actually uh, so it's actually no, it's two to three minutes to pass out, and yeah. then five to ten minutes to die. Yes, but I think it's okay if people think it's less because, say, they think it's two minutes. You let the person go. You think they're dead, but they're actually passed out and they live. So okay, that's probably solid. Yeah, but it is. Five to ten minutes. So when you actually hear about someone who is strangled, holy crap. Yeah, it takes actually a lot of effort to strangle somebody. I don't know this from personal experience, and I hope that I never will, but I did also listen to Serial. I listened to a thousand murder podcasts and watched a million TV shows. Okay. It's really, really difficult. Yeah. Uh, let's, and, um, let's, let's move yeah. on from there. I'm, I'm just saying, now. don't do it, you guys. I'm, I'm nervous don't do now. It, you guys. Why? I don't. I, I get nervous about murder. I mean, that seems reasonable. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, so he kills this guy, and then they go, and then I, I still don't remember how he ends up in that room with everybody. Like the whole tribe is in a room, either having a party or something, and then the farmers break in. Yeah, but doesn't don't doesn't one of the farmers bring him in there? Okay, I don't. That's what I don't remember. Or does he run in to like, warn everybody? I don't know what happens. I forget. I don't I know what happens yesterday, either, but, and I can't remember. Okay, I watched it longer than that, and I don't remember. But anyway, there's a room where the whole tribe is in, and somehow Richard gets back in there, and the farmer comes in, and he's like, "You got to kill 
Is it the last person who came? I think so. Or, I don't know. Or one. You have to, basically, what happens? We apparently don't remember this part it's very well. It's very chaotic and very hard to follow. Right. But basically, Richard ends up chained to, like, a pole. And Sal is given a gun with one bullet and told that she has to kill Richard. Russian roulette style. Right. And Richard is like, <laughs> okay, fine, kill me. Because once you do, this all falls apart. He, no, he, he says she can't win. At this point, if she fires the gun and he doesn't die, she loses anyway. Because everybody's anyway going to know that everybody they're, will see they're the blood. Everyone will see what the, what the payment is for having this type of place. Yes. And if she doesn't kill him, then it's over anyway. Mm-hmm. So she pulls the trigger twice. And he doesn't get shot. And so then they let him go and all the people are like, oh, Sal sucks. And then Sal starts crying and that's that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he goes home and he ends up getting like a job at a tech place or something. No, 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 no. He was at an internet cafe. I'm... Oh, I thought that was a job. No, he's at an internet cafe and he's checking his email Why? and this lady comes up and asks if she can get him anything. It's a waitress. But why was that guy like leading him in and pointing him to have a computer? I don't know. I thought it was an internet cafe, but maybe I'm wrong. I thought he had a job, but apparently not. Anyway, he goes to a computer and he's like, everyone's gone home and there's a picture of everybody on the beach when they were happy. And he's like, huh. And that's it. (laughs) So good, man. It's so good. I like it took that long and then we're just like that was it (laughs) it is kind of a weird ending it is a weird ending because it's just as abrupt as we just made it yeah like there's this whole scene where it's like so chaotic and um you don't really know what's going on apparently and all this it's like very intense and then all of a sudden he's back in normal life and then he just gets this email from Francoise that's like the beach Yay. I also think it's super cute it. that they like exchanged email addresses before they parted ways. I really actually, as the teens say, I or whoever says, I shipped Francoise and, and Richard. I ship the actress and Leo. Francoise, the actress, she's so beautiful. And I really wish that Leo had mm-hmm. gotten together with her in real life. Like that would have been a model-like lady that would not have been a mm-hmm. model. And I would have wholeheartedly approved of that. I would have too. Yeah. But... Well, you know what? I bet it did happen. Either that, it either happened or she was like, no. Or she was like married. Yeah. <laughs> or or yeah. she was just like, mm, no. Well, if I ever get married, Leo's on the my list, mm-hmm. you know, my laminated mm-hmm. list. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not bad. <laughs> You guys better make your list before you get married. Okay. Is Leo on your list? Uh, yeah, of course. Natch. Anyway, so I love this movie. This might be one of my favorite movies now. And one of my favorite Leo movies for oh, sure. Oh, Like, he was absolutely amazing. I think this is where he's really hitting his stride. As an, I think he's really matured as an he actor. He can definitely carry a movie by himself now. 
yeah, just from, like, even before, like, Titanic was the uh, last movie that he had done where he was, like, well, no, two years, so Man in the Iron Mask. But anyway, this one he carried by himself. Like, it was him. There was nobody else. This, always before he's had these, like, famous supporting actors, yeah. you know? He did not have no, that here. It was just, well, Tilda Swinton, but I don't even know if she was then. No, but she's also not, like, a main character. She doesn't, he's in every single scene in this movie. Yeah, this is his, it was very smart decision to stop acting for two years and a very smart decision to come back with this movie. What do you think he did for those two years? Is that when he bought, is that when he bought his island? No, because that was for sustainable stuff. Oh. And he wasn't into that until now. So he was just banging models What did he do for two years? Models. Models. (laughs) Models. God, don't you get sick of that? Leo, don't, don't, Leo. Don't you just want a nice, normal girl? Don't you just want a five-two chubby girl? <laughs> I don't. Do you think Leo even knows what cellulite is? Yes, because models have cellulite. Do they? Because I bet they get it all like smoothed out with like the cool sculpting or the lasers. Maybe, maybe that's the thing. Like they start to get it, and he's like, mm. "Oh my god, what's wrong with you? You're sick." Leave. <laughs> then he sends them to a, a leper colony. Leper colony. <laughs> he's like you you're deformed <laughs> get away from me this is so gross ew oh. but the fact that see here's the thing sorry the fact that he revered uh darlene cates as one of his favorite people makes me think he's actually not as Super- shallow <laughs> as we might think superficial oh, no, as we i might don't think. think he's shallow or superficial he just really likes hot ladies and he can get them like are you kidding me like everybody loves hot people there's like, nobody that's he... like i hate good looking people i do not want to be i want to be with ugly people only no but i think he probably really is missing that part in his life when it's someone that you're actually compatible with and have a great time with no, probably <laughs> i think he's really missing that well, he has Kate. Yeah. And he could have had Francoise. I don't know what happened there, Leo, <laughs> but you messed up real My bad. God, she is so gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. She, I just like, she's like what I think of when people like just wake up in the morning, no makeup, roll out of bed and just like go enjoy their day. Yeah. <sighs> I wake up in the morning. I look like a freaking troll. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> there's no, it's not like I'm like, I don't think I'm ugly, but I like, you know, like you can't, there's, <laughs> I just hit my face on my microphone. I was laughing so hard. There's no way that anyone, I could wake up and look good. I just look, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my natural state is to be hideous. You know what though? Sometimes, most of the time I wake up and I, I, I have like my retainer in and my glasses on and my hair is all crazy. But then every once in a while I wake up and I'm like, damn, I look good. No, never happens to me. But that, but on those days I look worse at the, I, look, I just progressively get worse throughout the day. Mm. Whereas days where I wake up and don't look so good, I progressively look better throughout the day. Hmm. I yeah. always have this problem where I'm home and I look really good in my own mirror and I'm like, this is a good day. And then I go to work and I go to the bathroom and I look in the mirror and I'm like, holy hell. <laughs> uh, like, well, why? Also the, the lights in your work bathroom are terrible. Oh, good. So it's not just me. 
Oh no. Every time when I worked there and I would go in and I'd be like, I have the plague. <laughs> you wait, you worked in the envelope building? Yeah. Oh, okay. For a year. Yeah, and every time that's the year that I got really obsessed with the plague and was convinced that I had it. Mm. Remember when I was like, "Mom, I have the boobos." <laughs> I actually do remember. You were like, "I have something, and it's it's the bubonic plague." <laughs> I definitely thought I had the bubonic plague for a while. But to be fair, there had been a case in our town recently that had been given to someone who spent a lot of time with squirrels. Um, so do you, <laughs> what do you think of Leo's <laughs> hair in this? It's not my favorite, but it works for him. Why is it not your favorite? Like it's, it's, it's fine because I, you know that I love a good floppy haired man. Mm-hmm. I just, I, nothing will ever surpass floppy nineties hair. Titanic Leo. Nothing. Even great Gatsby swoop. I agree. I think great Gatsby swoop is amazing. Oh, Great Gatsby Swoop is amazing. It's up there with, it's, it is a close second to Titanic Leo floppy hair. And this is fine. He looks great. This is a very good looking movie for him. He looks well rested. He looks (laughs) like he's well rested. (laughs) (laughs) He does. He looks like he's been taking his vitamins. He's been working out, obviously. He just, he, so here's the thing though. He looks great. We were just talking about this the other day. I think that The Revenant aged him a lot. Oh, yeah, because it was like hell. I think he gave up a lot for an Oscar. (laughs) You know what? He had to because they kept denying him. They're like, listen, you're so beautiful. We cannot give you an Oscar. But if you make yourself ugly, not only in the movie, but you age yourself in real life, we shall reward you. Yeah, and it's also like basically he he was probably sitting down with his agent. He's like, "Man, I deserve an Oscar." And his agent was probably like, "Well, you can either play a gay person whose life ends sadly." Okay, already done. Victim, already done. Gay person whose or, or life ends can, sadly. No, he, already done. Oh, okay. Wait, let me rephrase this. You can do a, a, a movie where you are a gay person whose life ends sadly. You can do a Holocaust movie, or you can disfigure yourself. Mm-hmm. And Leo goes, gay person whose life ends badly. Which one is that? Total Eclipse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He's like, done. And then he goes, Holocaust movie. And he goes, mm, I can really only play a Nazi. Like, look at me. Mm-hmm. I'm Aryan. Not- I'm Hitler's dream because I am the best looking, like, blonde haired, blue eyed German human but also, I'm not Hitler's dream because I'm the best human, so. Yeah, and then he's like, also, my mom is German, so that's awkward, mm-hmm. so we're not going to do that. And so then he goes, I will disfigure myself. And he goes down the road of, like, Christian Bale and the Machinist and um, what's his name? I wouldn't go Matthew, that far. Matthew McConaughey in uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Right. And Matthew McConaughey actually beat him for an Oscar in Dallas Buyers Club. So he was probably like, F this. This guy is not better than me. <laughs> He's like, this guy was in Failure to Launch. <laughs> failure to Launch. Have you seen my catalog? It has very few weak links. <laughs> He's like, Matthew McConaughey has weak links until right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was in a movie with JLo. J-Lo! <laughs> no, J-Lo and Leo are friends. Oh, yeah, that's right. Remember that uh, James Corden thing where he's like, I'm going to text somebody in your phone. And he's like, 
what's happening tonight? And Leo answered back, in terms of clubs, (laughs) boo-boo? Oh. (laughs) Okay. All right. So how many Oscars do you give Leo for this performance? I give him 10.5 Oscars. I give him 12. You always give him more than I do, and you make me look stingy. Usually I start and then you do it, but like we did the backwards this time. However, I'm just like more impressed with him than you are apparently. No, I also just, I want the gentle listeners to know that I am watching this with a critical eye. So am I. I know. We just have different versions of critical eyes. It's just that multiple times during this film, I was like in awe of him. Like... This was, I mean, not that it hasn't happened in previous films, but his, his, his craft, <laughs> his craft is, he's making good choices. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Are you Tom Cruise and in, inside the actor studio? Yes. My, his craft and his choices are amazing. He's really. Oh, enemy of the podcast, Tom Cruise. <sighs> he, um, he's just really maturing, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I feel like it's, it comes with life experience because I really feel like he, as an actor, pulls from his own emotions and life experiences. And so mm-hmm. as he gets older, his, like, catalog that he pulls from becomes richer and deeper. And so this film, like, there were two-year gap between the this film and the last one. And so he had those two years to, like, gain life experience. And he wasn't even working. So, like, he was doing things so maybe he locked himself outside of his house one night and he's like god damn it and then he's like oh remember when i locked myself out of my house i should do that (laughs) that's definitely how acting works (laughs) is that not how it works i mean sometimes but okay what do you think about his acting no i think his acting is fantastic and i think you're right he definitely matured as an actor um I think he, I actually think that he learned a lot from Kate. Mm. I think his acting had like a new depth and new. He had two movies between this and Kate though. No, but I'm saying it's been, it's been kept growing. Okay. He changes after he meets Kate and he's always been a fantastic actor, but there's new depth and a new fullness to his acting. New fullness. Yes. New fullness. Like like a new moon. (laughs) Is it engorged? Is his acting engorged? Ew, that's disgusting. That's not what I meant. God, you're gross. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, but I just, I, I, I don't know. There's, it's, there's a maturity to his acting that it wasn't really, I mean, it was there. He's always been a mature actor, but you could tell that he had been a child actor and the child actor has been erased. And, and and what I found so impressive about this was that the fact that this was a character who overreacts to things, but he didn't overact the overreactions. Yes. He acted the overreactions in the appropriate manner. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, no, overreacting is a bit like acting drunk. The way that you act drunk is to act like you're sober. What? When they teach you how to act drunk... You have to act like you're trying to act sober. Because what do you do when you're drunk? Uh, you try to convince I everybody that you're not drunk. Oh, oh no, I dance a lot. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, but like if you're talking to people, 
You're you like try you you try to enunciate all of your words. I love you so much, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you kinda are, like that. You are the best person I've ever met. Or like the way to do comedy is to act like it's serious. Like you can't play oh. things like you know that they're funny. So when he like like you can't really be in on the joke. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So when he's overreacting, he has to really he has to really believe that his reaction is normal. <laughs> it's impressive. Like one time I actually heard Kate Winslet say the reason he's such a good actor is because he understands relationships. And I thought, really? Does he? Does he? Does he really? Does he really? But then I thought, she's not just talking about romantic relationships. I mean, he has his mother. <laughs> like, he has friends. He's a wolf pack. He has a wolf pack. He has pack. David Blaine. Listen, when you have David Blaine as a friend, you have to, like, you know, really be a deep person who understands Magic. When you're magic. <laughs> Who understands when your friend is sitting in your room and then they're suddenly not. Is oh David Blaine still active, by the way? David Blaine would be the worst friend ever. Why? Because Explain he just he'd just like come into your room and be levitating. <laughs> like, what? You know what I mean? Like he'd just come into your room and you'd be like, David, your feet aren't on the ground, and he would be like, I know. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. He wouldn't do that. No, he totally he'd would. be like, he'd be like Hey, see that girl over there? See her? I think she's super hot. Why don't you go over there? Because I'm a magician. <laughs> and then, and then, and then Leo's like an illusionist. And he's like, oh yeah, sorry, an illusionist. Um, and she won't go for me. So just bring her over here. And then I'll, I'll show her my disappearing pants trick. Ew. Yeah, that's David Blaine. I also think he would just come into your room and levitate. Okay. And like freak you out. And you'd be like, okay. also, why are you in my house, David Blaine? <laughs> All right. We've gone on a long time. Oh, wait. I have a really quick question for you before we end this. Yes. Speaking of I David have... Blaine. Oh, yeah. Okay. So question. Yes. If you recall on the mm-hmm. brilliant TV show 30 Rock, Jenna mm-hmm. Maroney, mm-hmm. her ex-boyfriend was David Blaine. Yeah. Does that mean that Jenna knew Leo? It depends on what time, you know? Of of day? Was he already? No. (laughs) Yes. If it was noon, absolutely not. No, I mean, like, had he already been kicked out of the wolf pack? Have we confirmed that he's been kicked out of the wolf pack? No, we haven't confirmed it, but we hope. Okay. Like, for crying out loud, Leo, pick some good friends. Maybe David Blaine is a really stand-up person and we're just giving him a hard time because he has a lame job. Is that why we're being mean to him? I thought there was another reason. I can't think of another reason. Oh, I'm sorry, David. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. I'm impressed by illusionists, so. I don't trust them. Exactly. Yeah. You, c- you can't um, trust I- a man who can make things disappear. But he can't really make them disappear, so... Well, where does he put them? Well, I know. <laughs> do, you think, do you think that Leo knows the secret? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because he's definitely signed an NDA because he definitely had David Blaine sign one for him. And then David Blaine was like, well, I also have to have you sign one. And Leo was like, mm, I'm going to humor you. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, guys. So now that my plans to go start a beach cult in Thailand are complete, um, it's time to end the show. In the meantime, you can find us on iTunes and Pocket Casts. Uh, please go subscribe, rate us, leave nice reviews, and help other people find the podcast. Um, you, we can also be found on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Talk Leopod, and our website is Let's Talk About Leo.com. Also, if you'd like to join my beach cult, please feel free to send us an email about you know your your desired cult setting. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> Our Don't theme song was composed. She wouldn't be Shut good. Up, man, I would lead a really good cult. Silence. Look, you just Silence. Me, rude. No. Uh-uh. Silence. Not in it. Not um, in it. Our theme song was composed by Blake Schmidtberger, and the rest is just a Meredith and Laura production. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about Leo. Join us next week when we discuss Leo's first film with his mentor, Martin Scorsese, in Gangs of New York. Shut up. We're already there. Yes, Queen. We have entered the world of, like, prime acting Leo. I know, which is still continuing to this day. There's, like, basically no downtime. Well, there's, like, one downtime. There's there's two, but we'll discuss that What's next the other week. one? What's the other one? John's Plum. Oh, yeah, that's not a thing. Yeah, we'll discuss that next week. Yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah. Bye! Bye! Let's talk about Leo. Do 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 the Capricast. Let's talk about Leo. Let's talk about Leo. Do 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 do.